So it's Holy Week. In church history, we call the final week of the life of Christ um, before his crucifixion and resurrection, we call that Holy Week. So it's a celebration of those central elements of the person and the work of Christ. And so here's what I thought I would do. What I thought I would do is just recount the events of every day of the last day or of the last week of Christ's life. See, the thing is that I think most of us know a lot of these stories of Jesus, but I wonder if you know where they fit in the final week of Jesus's life. I think what will happen is, is that if you kind of follow along with me in this little podcast this week, I think what you're going to find is, is your biblical imagination will be really excited and encouraged. You'll be able to take these stories and kind of place them in the framework of the final week of Jesus. And I think it'll make Sunday, Friday's events and Sunday's event pop even more when you know what just happened the few days before. So what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to give you a new short podcast each day of this week. So I'm doing one today, do one tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. All right. And what I'll do is I'll tell you from the Bible what events happened on that particular day. So as to, again, encourage or excite uh, your biblical imagination. So I'll go ahead and jump in. You ready? Every day, new podcast this final week. Five, six minutes, shouldn't be long. This one will be a little bit longer because I need to give some context. Let's jump in. So two days ago was Sunday, right? And Sunday, of course, was what is often called Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday was the final Sunday before the next Sunday, of course, when he would resurrect from the dead. Now, Jesus comes in on that particular Sunday, and it's the celebration of the Passover, the week before this celebration of the Passover, the Sunday before the celebration of the Passover. And so all of the Jews from all over Israel are coming, are streaming into the city of Jerusalem. And Jesus chooses this time to really discernibly out himself as the answer to the Davidic covenant. And even in more particularity to the answer to the prophecy of Zechariah 9.9. And what he does is on that final Sunday, he gets uh, some, some of the disciples to go and get a colt, get a donkey. And he rides into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey, which again answers the prophecy of Zechariah 9.9. And as he comes into the city, the whole city be freaking out, man. They loved it. Think about it. For the last three years, all right, imagine us be, as citizens there. Last three years, we've heard all about this Jesus. We've seen his ministry, right? We've heard his powerful and authoritative teaching. We've seen him raise people from the dead. We've seen him heal sick people. We've seen him forgive sin. And here it is. And all the people are going, finally, here it is. It's coming to fruition. Everybody's screaming, Hosanna, the son of David has come, right? They're laying down the palms as he, as he rides into the city. And uh, they're also laying coats, right? Uh, which I wonder, why did Coat Sunday not pick up? I don't know why Palm Sunday did, but anyway, coats are down there. There they go. That's Sunday, all right? Big deal. Sun goes down, new day begins. They're out there. They come back into the city because they're retreating kind of outside the city each day to the Mount of Olives. They come back into the city on Monday, all right? This is yesterday. Yesterday is the day that he cursed the fig tree. Do you all remember that? He cursed the fig tree and he uses that as a teaching lesson of Israel. Once again, he knows what's coming up on Friday. Jesus has consciously made himself, understood himself, I should say, as the Davidic king. He knows what's coming up on Friday and he uses this cursing of the fig tree as a parable for Israel's unbelief, right? Which, by the way, is why I think Adam and Eve, quote, ate a fig in the Garden of Eden. 
Israel always is referred to as a fig tree. But anyway, I digress. Here we go. Then after he does that, they come back into the city and Monday, yesterday's the day that he flips the tables. That's the day he goes into the temple. He comes right into the city. He knows what's going on, goes right in to challenge the religious establishment by flipping over the tables. He's very mad. The temple is supposed to be a house of prayer for all peoples, but instead it is turned into a Walmart where they're making money for God. Or no, sorry, they're making money off of God. It's blasphemous. And so Jesus is obviously very, very upset at this. A big day, right? And of course, the Pharisees and the Sadducees are going, who in the world do you think you are? And of course, Jesus knows and understands himself to be the son of David. Okay, that happened yesterday. That brings us to Tuesday, today, all right? They go out of the city in the evening, they come back in, and as they're coming back in, they find the disciples, this is the day that they see the cursed fig tree. They now see the fig tree is, is all ravaged up. It's messed up. And that's when Jesus teaches them to uh, have faith that can move mountains. But then that moves into this Tuesday. That moves into a lot of banter, right? There's a lot of fervor, tons of people there. Everybody's excited about Jesus. He's directly challenged the religious elite. And there it is. He comes in and they start going head to head on Tuesday. This is the day that Jesus starts telling a couple of those parables where he attacks the religious elites. This is the day, for instance, I'll give you one example. This is the day that he tells the parable of the tenants, the evil tenants. Remember, he tells the parable, this dude makes, has this vineyard. He lets these guys kind of come in there and work on it. He sends all these different people in there to get his money and they won't take care of him. They beat him up and the like. And the, the guy says, I'll send my, my quote, beloved son. And of course they kill him. And Jesus uses that as a parable to tell the people that these folks, these religious elites, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, these are those tenants. And these guys, obviously, the Pharisees don't like this. He, he's just said that they're going to kill the beloved son. And so they don't like that. And so what winds up happening is this then launches into a defensive mechanism for those Pharisees and Sadducees and the like. This is when, on Tuesday, when we get the uh, challenges where they're trying to trick Jesus. Right? So they know that they can't go haul off and take care of Jesus and get him out of the way uh, out in the open because he's so popular. So what they try to do is, is they try to frame him as some kind of a criminal. And so this is when on Tuesday they ask him the question, is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Right? They're trying to make him an enemy of the state. And of course, Jesus in all of his wisdom says, render to Caesar that which is Caesar's, that to God, what that which is God's. So he gets out of that one. Then the Sadducees, they come on and they got their little game. They're like, ah, oh, we'll take care of him. Let us try. So the Sadducees come in. The Sadducees, remember, are they do not believe in the resurrection, which is why they're sad, you see. <laughs> so they tell the story of this uh, of this woman. He's got, there's this woman that gets married to like seven different brothers. Right. And so in the resurrection, they try to trick Jesus by asking their big question is, is all right, whose wife is she going to be? if She's married to all these dudes. And Jesus uh, gets out of the little trick by telling them that God is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. And that's when he gives the whole, you know, when the dead rise, they will neither, neither be married nor be given to marriage, but they will be like angels in heaven. So there Jesus affirms a resurrection. Of course, he knows it's going to happen just a few days. But anyway, so he gets out of the Pharisees' little tricks and trades. And then, having done that, he then begins to kind of go on the offensive himself. That happens on Tuesday. And this is when he... Uh, tells the scripture of Psalm 110, right? He, where Jesus describes Mas the Messiah as David's Lord. 
And he asked that question, right? How can he be both David's son and his Lord? And no one was able to answer his question. So they're kind of sitting there. All the Pharisees who religiously are dumbfounded, right? They just got upended yesterday by the turning of the uh, tables in the temple. Now today, they try to trick him. It doesn't work. He goes on the counteroffensive. They can't answer. And Jesus then launches, as the sun is beginning to set on Tuesday, he launches into all of these warnings against the hypocrites and blind guides. And that's the day he gives the seven woes of judgment against those religious leaders. All right? And so as they're going out, uh, of Jerusalem that day. As they're coming out of the temple, right? That's the day that the disciples are like, Jesus, take a look at the temple. Isn't it beautiful? Isn't it awesome? Right? Makes us think of the National Cathedral. Like, look at how beautiful it is. And Jesus like, all coming down, y'all. That's when that happens. He then goes outside the city. They're sitting on the Mount of Olives. And that's when Jesus explains when all of those uh, second coming of, or actually not second coming, when all of those events of judgment on Jerusalem is going to happen. That is when the sun is now set. Tuesday is down, but tomorrow's Wednesday, but Sunday's coming. See you tomorrow.